Welcome to Coffee with Congress, a new podcast by the Veterans Education Project, where we truly get to know members of Congress and key government officials. Every episode, we ask questions that have absolutely nothing to do with politics, policy, or legislation. Yeah, you know, nothing to do with their actual jobs. So instead, we focus on getting to know the real person behind the office. In this episode, we meet with Congressman Kelly Armstrong. He's a Republican and represents North Dakota. Um, so, all right, so we'll just start no, easy North Dakota question. You guys are the number one producer of honey the, in, the, in the country. Are know. you serious? Yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I feel like as a, as an expert then on hun- about honey, you know, we put honey on lots of things, toast, Cheerios. Mm. What's something we're not putting honey on that we need to really up our game? Maybe North Dakota has <laughs> yes. something you guys are already uh, doing that we're not catching well, I up I put on. it on peanut butter sandwiches. On a peanut Ooh. butter and honey sandwich? Also, the fun thing about honey is it's the only food without an expiration date. Oh, it I, doesn't. I didn't expire. know that. Yeah, I yeah, away yeah. honey all the time. Do you really? I don't, I'm an idiot. I've been, messing I've been up, wasting bro. bears of honey. <laughs> our honey's a lot like some of our uh, older um, crowd with a little bit of money. Our, our bees winter in California for the most part. Wait, what? We, you we, sh- we, get out of here. Well, bees, don't, so, bees, don't, so sur- cool. bees yeah. don't survive in the ditch in a in a, in the right of way on a in a bee farm <laughs> right. in the middle of January. Right. North Dakota. So <laughs> we got a lot of people that winter in Arizona, winter in Florida, and our bees so you, our bees primarily winter in California. I did not know did that. Not. So you guys produce the most honey, but yeah, I didn't think about the fact that you have but real winter, so all. it's a very small window that you're producing honey out of. That's, that's an impressive. Right, yeah, and it's actually, I mean, one of the reasons is because we have a ton of flowering crop. Mm. I mean, it's just, we have a lot of natural flowering flowers, migrating but we also have a bunch bees. of flower, flowering crop. <laughs> yeah, they migrate in the back of a pickup. I know. Yeah. That's awesome. I like it. I like that too. All right. Well, that's, that's a good info. I did not know that about the migrating bees of North Dakota. You know what? When I was a Boy Scout, Tell I got me. my beekeeping merit badge. Did you? I did. Yeah. I who, was, who was your... <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. So uh, one of the reasons North Dakota is good at honey is because we have pretty liberal like right of way laws, so they can put their bee farms in there. So we huh. also have the Sturgis motorcycle rally in yes. South Dakota that goes on. So sometimes you'll get some complaints from motorcycle riders that the bee farms are too close to the highways. Really, uh, they're just attacking the riders. <laughs> like Not so much attacking, but they make a pretty good splatter on right. Oh. either a window visor, but uh, uh, or is that like a is that like a, a rivalry point of South Dakota North Dakota? Like the South Dakota is like we just want to ride. Motorcycles. There's not really any rivalry. No, okay. everybody knows who's better. Oh, 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 oh my God. So now we had a, a really fun interview with uh, with your colleague Dusty uh, Johnson. Dusty, I doubt that. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, and uh, it, it, we'll, we'll get into it soon here, but uh, he had uh, he had, had some very interesting uh, nicknames. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna ask you that question. Yeah, here. for sure, for, for sure. himself or for North Dakota? No, no, no for, for himself. Him. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you have to help me out on this. Some of these things I don't know how to pronounce. I'm gonna need you to jump in for me, sir. So Lake Saka. Lake Sakakawea. Sakakawea. So what did you just say? Yeah. Lake Sakakawea. Was that an insult? Yeah, I feel I feel offended. Uh, so Lake Sakakawea. One more time. Lake Sakakawea. Sakakawea has more shoreline than California. Yes. Which that's a wild thing. That is so, wild. So now if you I don't know if you know this, South Dakota, beach bums, all of them. They're all just big beach bums. Are you they yeah. have a lot of shoreline. Yeah, yeah they have yeah, lots well, of it's two hundred miles long by ten miles wide. It's a huge lake. I've been on it my whole life. My parents had a cabin up there when I grew up. Ah, so, I so, try and spend as many days up there in the weekend as So as an expert Lakeside, on, on like beaches, it. as a beach bum yourself, um, if uh, if a shark shows up to attack you in Lake Sakakuya, what are you using to defend yourself? And how? What's your what's your like strategy for survival? Right. Okay. First of this all, I is... wonder why there's a shark in fresh water. Don't, don't think about no, no, don't no, think no, too no, hard. No, no. You're you're on a boat, and all of a sudden a you shark. see jaws. Yeah. Okay. What is your strategy? 
I'd probably use a flare gun. Because I think gun. it's the only gun. We, we have a lot of guns in North Dakota. Right. Don't carry a lot of guns on boats. Oh, okay. right. For a lot okay. of reasons. Uh, fair quite enough. frankly, you're more worried about a rattlesnake oh. swimming into your boat. on the Pirates. South Dakota and so, North Dakota so, pirates. Uh, probably utilize a flare gun. A flare gun. Now, would it be a flare gun for, for help, or would it be shoot, you'd shoot it at the shark? No, that's well, a good I'd question. I my boat could outrun the shark, but right. it depends. Okay, if I'm on a little rear tiller fishing <laughs> boat, we might not be there, but... Uh, no, I we we don't ask for help. We we defend ourselves. We don't ah, ask for help. We don't ask for directions. I like that. Okay, I like okay, that. Okay. All right. Um. So here goes. I'm gonna get. Actually, you know, what? I want you to jump in here because I got a couple weather questions I want to batch together. So I want you. I want you to jump <laughs> okay, in. Okay. Okay. So he is uh, the, uh, the the guy with the fun questions. I have some more, uh, you know, introspective questions. Sure. Because you know, uh, I'm smart and he's funny. And that's, uh, that's that's how this uh, relationship works. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so we'll warm up with some uh, some interesting things. All right, so uh, what gift or purchase of a hundred dollars or less has impacted your life the most, and why? Uh, probably the first bow and arrow I got from my dad uh, was, and it was like not really a toy, but like the, yeah, no, the kind of the cross between the toy and the real bow. Right. Tell us uh, about this. You a bow the, hunter? You yeah, a bow I, guy? I, I I spent my entire childhood in the badlands with a stick and a string um and but i think mostly the reason it impacted me is because it i mean it really enhanced the father-son relationship between me and my dad because that's when, really when, cool man when you spend all day all fall and all 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 fall hunting with anybody you turn into hunting buddies as much as you do yeah. father son and so yeah. we still argue and fight with each other but spent a lot of time growing up with my dad in the badlands so that probably impacted me more than anything would else. you be offended if anytime i see you from now on i just refer to you as robin hood no <laughs> Running for, Cong- running for Congress definitely uh, uh, decreases your accuracy of the bow and arrow. I, Does it? I, yeah. I, I haven't had mine out of the case in over a year. A lot of people uh, in uh, in our age uh, bracket, uh, you know, really are interested in routines and and kind of what sets up a person uh, every day for success. What does the first 60 minutes to two hours of, of your day look like? Do you have any kind of routines, any morning rituals, anything that you, you, you believe is kind of like the thing that uh, sets you up to, uh, to get ready to, to do what you do best? One word, coffee. Coffee, gotcha, okay. Uh, I don't eat breakfast. I, I, was a, I was a wrestler growing up, so you were always- Of course he was. Of course he um, was. I, I love breakfast, but I need to be awake for like three hours before I go to some greasy spoon diner and, eat, and eat eggs and bacon and toast. So I, I wake up in the morning, I. I, how do you take it? Uh, black. Uh, yes. um, That's how we I take it. Shower, get dressed, have a cup of coffee, and walk to work mm. when I'm in D.C. and drive time, to work. What time are you, you you're early riser? What time are you? Yeah, I, I, I mean, so it's uh, there's a two-hour time difference between D.C. and North Dakota, so I'm a really early riser in North Dakota now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Less so here, but uh, yeah, I usually get up pretty early. I read, uh, read the paper uh, on my phone, but... Um, you always read the North Dakota pages or North Dakota papers first. Usually check the, check the sports page first. I'm an ex-baseball coach. Uh, mm-hmm. d- dual reason for that. One, I want to check on how our local teams are doing. Um, and two, because it's the only place in the paper where you usually read about accomplishments instead of problems. Mm-hmm. So I was so. noticing these baseball bats. And uh, for those in the podcast nation, there's a, there's some uh, cool baseball bats in his office. And I was wondering if that was for the muscle, you know, because <laughs> you have to... You have to give someone a, there's a tremendous, hard proposition. There's <laughs> tremendous amount of security at the Capitol. I, however, am very. I am under no illusions. The vast majority of the security guards don't know who I am yet. 
<laughs> I would rat again. We don't ask for help. We don't ask for directions. Right. So if and something I, crazy happens, I would at least like to have something resembling. I can't fight my way out of a wet paper bag, <laughs> so we should probably have something that we can deal yeah. with. <laughs> Fair enough. There's baseball bats everywhere. Uh, you're a baseball Hall of Fame inductee of the American Legion. You're apparently a coach. Um, you need to explain uh, the Republicans' loss. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't just a loss. It was, that was pretty rough. What, what happened? They're better. <laughs> they have Baseball's pretty simple. It doesn't matter what level you're at. Throw strikes and take care of the ball. They did a better job of that than we did. So uh, that and... Uh, I hope I'm not criticizing too many people, but range on a baseball field needs to be farther than you can spread your arms. <laughs> <laughs> they move around. Your colleagues are as agile as they, you want. They, they, they are not as agile as you are. are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. I like that. Um, okay, so some of the coldest temperatures on record and actually some of the hottest uh, temperatures on record are all in North Dakota. Yep. Um, they have a 123-degree day, and they've had a negative... 70 something degree day um it's insane um so i just want to talk let's let's focus on the cold because sure. that's north dakota's thing so what, what are the tricks how do you stay warm what are you doing we have three winter coats in north dakota you have a winter coat just because you have one you have another winter coat because okay now it's getting cold and then you have a third winter coat with my god i can't believe people live here <laughs> <laughs> the hubris of man there, there is uh uh there when it gets really really cold we we wear it as a badge of honor in North Dakota, but the short answer is is you can't really prepare for it. Although I have gone pheasant hunting when it's been 23 below with a 20 mile an hour windshield. I've so, never experienced um, weather you, that. You spend a lot cold. of time indoors and a lot of time in heated cars. <laughs> what? How many layers are we talking? Well, yeah. I, that's the other thing, that, and this is actually, my wife's from Norway, so there's always there's a Norwegian line that I've co-opted for North Dakota, and there's no such thing as cold weather, it's just bad bad clothing. Uh, so, <laughs> I like, I like that. that. I mean, you wear, I mean, you will, you wear uh, everything you can, so. Uh, <laughs> merino wool's always good underneath. Okay. Uh, well, the, through all the technology and everything in the world, wool is still as good as anything to put on underneath. It is. Uh, anything with goose down is, Definitely uh, good. You want to make sure your coat's long enough so you don't have any space when you're moving around and sitting. I'm learning so much right now. I feel like as a Marylander, we have cold weather, but I feel it's nothing. I feel like I, a rookie compared yeah, to what this guy's laying down. Yeah. Scarves and hats. Uh, when it's that cold, you need to cover just about everything. Now, okay. do you own one of those bomber hats that goes yes. down like Absolutely. Yes. We want pictures of that. We'll post that. I have had a, those. Those are very warm, and they're great when you're sitting in a ground blind or a tree stand when it's cold. Out. I like that. Mm. Are you? Uh, I mean, you've mentioned hunting multiple times. Yes. What's, what's your main? What's like? What do you love to hunt the most? All of it. All, no, all of it. Uh, okay. uh, fe uh, pheasants. I I I I love to bow hunt whitetails, but I like pheasants. What do you like to eat the most? Uh, elk. Our mm. moose is probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I like, if you can chase it with a dog and a shotgun, I like it. If you can chase it with a stick and a string, I like it. If there's a coyote standing 800 yards out Ooh. in the field, um, there will be a pickup pulled over on the side of a gravel road and we'll be trying to kill a coyote. Uh, it's just kind of how we roll out in um, North Love Dakota. It. Love it. I've always said you can take a, you can take a kid from a city and bring him out to Western North Dakota, but you can't, if, 
if you've ever been uh, trying to circle around a coyote in a stubble field, that's a kind of fun that you don't understand unless you grow up where we're at. So. <laughs> I love, I love all right, it. all right. So I, I was talking to a good friend of mine. He's from Fargo. Um, and he was telling me, he said, this is a conversation that he thinks the Congress will understand. So you can fill in the blanks. If you feel like you want to jump into this sure. role play, you can do it. So he says, a North Dakotan doesn't know happiness until there's a storm of brewing. So he says, this will be a common thing you'll hear at the hardware store. Oh yeah, the forecast says there's gonna be some storms tonight. Oh yeah, you betcha. Well, how about that? So my question is, what is it about storms in North Dakotans? Well, this is when you talk about weather extremes. So we don't have a lot of you betchas dare haze going on in North Dakota. There's some, we, most people say, uh, like I, I get told, the only time I have a North Dakota accent is when I say North Dakota, but. Um, we have summer and winter. So one of the biggest misconceptions about North Dakota is people think it's cold all the time. Huh. Well, it was hotter in North Dakota this weekend than it was in DC. Right. Yeah. We just don't have much of a spring and a fall. Right. But when you have those extreme temperatures, you always have the potential for storms. And in the summer, it's hail and severe thunderstorms. Um, and oftentimes, sometimes tornadoes. So you have to pay attention. And when you make your living um, growing stuff out of the ground, hail and tornadoes can cause you a lot of problems. Mm. And in the winter, it's literally a matter of life and death sometimes to pay attention Makes to sense. the weather. I mean, when it's 55 degrees below, you better be prepared for it being 55 below. <laughs> Everybody has a bug out bag <laughs> in their car. And die. if they don't, they should be. They should. Um, <laughs> you always have emergency blankets, flares, those kind of things. Mm. Uh, North Dakota is rural, but not desolate. It's a rectangle inside of a rectangle. Okay. So you're always within 50 miles of some community, but at the same time, 50 miles can be an eternity when it's 30 below and right. there's four feet of snow. You can't it. walk it. It's yeah. not going to happen. That's crazy. Uh, definitely different life than yeah, yeah, uh, city boys right. over <laughs> in DC. Um, we, we got something? Yeah, I got, I got, I got two questions. Uh, so. Uh, I think that uh, it's fascinating to talk to people about uh, what they read, but I think a more interesting question is, what book have you given the most to other people as a gift, and why? Oh, I don't know. I, 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 we live in the digital age, so it's more of recommendations. Sure. Um, what is the book that Recently, you it's been... And why? Um... Charles Krodheimer's The Point of It All, I think it's fantastic. I think his son's eulogy at the end is, uh, I'm not a big crier. Uh, I didn't, I, my wife and I will debate whether I cried or not, <laughs> but I definitely teared up a little bit reading tell, the tell eulogy. Us, tell us about the because book. Because it's, it's a book, it's really just a book of short col columns by Charles Krodheimer, and I think his, uh, you know, he was a uh, uh, psychologist before he got into politics and outside of just being uh, one of I think the best conservative minds in a generation that doesn't mean I agree with him all the time but it's just a book of his short columns and I think he gets to the he cuts to the quick pretty quick on a lot of things because cool. you, you write it for column space yeah. but I think the real reason to read it is to read uh, his son's eulogy uh, and uh, how I mean when you deal with somebody who had that big of an impact mm. on you know the discussions that go on um, and then to realize how his family thought about that, I think is pretty moving. Uh, anything by Teddy Roosevelt or anything about Teddy Roosevelt, I will recommend to everybody. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt's African um, Hunting Africa books I've recommended to a lot of people. Cool. Yeah, well, I see the, the theme in the hunting. Yeah. I, well, I want to circle back around on this, uh, this idea of um, influence 
um, kind of in, in, in dispensing advice. Uh, so I forgot. I got to back up. Yeah, go. The go thing for I it. have recommended for mo- most people to read ever is Mike Matheny's Coaching Manifesto. When he started coaching, um, I I used to wear a shirt that said "Thank God for Little League Baseball." It keeps Little League parents off the streets. Uh, if I ever <laughs> okay. if I ever write a book, it's going to be about the youth sports industrial complex. It's never going to mm. be about Congress. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I challenge anybody in the world to go ask a 30-year-old what their 10-year-old travel record was because they will not know. But, man, when you go to a lot of baseball games, you see a 10-year-old travel team and you think it was the Game 7 of the World Series. Right. It drives me nuts. I loved, I love competitive, but we forget the developmental part of competitive. And so Mike Matheny's coaching manifesto is something every parent should read before their kid is in any sport. Baseball for sure, but any travel sport. Oh, yeah, we'll put a synopsis of that in, like the, that. Uh, in the notes. Uh, that, that sounds really interesting. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to uh, look, look forward to get a little summary of that. Uh, so within that... He so, just told me I had to read this book. Did, I, guys, did you pick up on this? He just it. slyly said, hey, you need to read this it's book. It's not really a book. It's just a pretty good... <laughs> it should be the Bible for every youth sport, youth athlete, and youth parent. <laughs> All right, I love it. I love it. Uh, so, so, what is the advice that you would give to how how old are you now? Forty two. Four. Okay, we're gonna cut the split the difference. All okay. right, so twenty one. Yeah. All right. What advice would you give right now to your twenty one year old self? Uh, marry that girl you just met that you just saw walking into the law school at University of North Dakota. Oh, that's adorable. Oh, that's, 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 that is that's adorable. That's really sweet. Okay, okay. All right. Well, so by the way, I married her. There you nice, go. Nice. That's good. But I feel like the advice not necessary. What, what's the advice that maybe you wish you had gotten when you were 21? You know, I don't know. I People always look back at how they do things. I would be pretty comfortable reliving my life exactly the same way it was. Oh, that's awesome. I worked awesome. hard. I played I hard. It. I got I lucky it. and met the love of my life, married her. Uh, I transferred. I went to law school somewhere on the East Coast, transferred back to North Dakota. Uh, I, 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 do it all I, over again. Roll with the punches would be the advice because you don't roll know what's happening. Punches. Okay, okay. I got, I got one more on, on top of this thing. Yeah. All right. So speaking of advice... What is the worst advice mm. you've been given or that you hear being dispensed in your field? you got to be careful how you vote for that because you're running for re-election. Mm. It's the worst advice the worst. you can give to anybody. Uh, politics is more volatile now than it's ever been, but good policy is always good politics. And if you're scared of, if you're scared of your next election, you are not good at your job. Uh, so that's a lot of things you hear. People come, they're, they're freshmen, they, 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 get, they get told that, and that's just... You think it's garbage? I do. I think I like it. I, I, <laughs> go vote the way you should vote. Vote your district. Vote your conscience. Um, try and do the right thing and stand by your principles. I love it. Cool. I love it. What you got, Steve? All right. So the state beverage is milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel uh, like, really? I, like I thought it was beer. <laughs> no, it's milk. So I got a question. How does your as a milk connoisseur then? What is what what is your feeling on YooHoo? Is this chocolate milk or the chocolate drink? And I want to be honest, I love YooHoo. I want it to be accepted by as milk. I think I've had one YooHoo in my life and I didn't like it. So I I have I have no opinion on YooHoo other than I'm Don't assuming drink. it's not milk. It's not. It's not milk. It's chocolate drink. But I'm I love it so much. Um, all right. So uh, 
there's um these are three foods that I have never heard of and I am gonna have a hard time pronouncing them. You might need to help me out. Um, and I want you to tell me if you're gonna never eat them again. Uh, this is one that you'd eat sometimes, and then one that you must eat always. So, all right, all right. So one is called a knofla. Nefla. Nefla soup. Nefla. As often as you can have it, Jack's Restaurant in Dickinson has the best Nefla soup in the entire Whoa, world. What is Nefla? I, what is Nefla soup? soup? I've never. It's a dumpling soup, and it is it is it is like love in a bowl. What? <laughs> love in a bowl. Is there anywhere in DC we can get Hashtag Nefla? Hashtag love in a bowl. Yes. Can we get uh, Nefla? I have no idea. I have not found it in DC. Ooh. Oh man. Every time I have one of these questions, for, there's nothing. There's in DC. nothing in DC. All right. Okay. So this one, goulash. Uh, goulash is a casserole. Uh, it's each family makes it differently, so it can be great, it can be not as great. <laughs> kind of generally, how your cooking is, okay. how your goulash will be. Can you describe so, maybe some tenets of goulash? These are, yeah, it usually has macaroni noodles, usually has hamburger, usually has stewed tomatoes, uh, and it's something that you could. This is what you do when you have a big family and everybody's busy. You can make it, and if you make enough of it, you can eat it for like a week, and it's one of those foods that's better or as, as good warmed up. It's like um, a staple. Yeah, so it's it's, it's, hearty. it's it's casserole food. It's comfort food. It's perfect for those twenty below days. Okay, I okay. love it. I love it. The last one I'm really having a hard time with. It's uh, Fleischkekla. Well, you knew exactly what it was going to be. What is it? It is, is, a, German, uh, oh, it is a German thing with a pastry around. Sometimes it's a beef patty. Sometimes it's uh, ground beef inside. They oh, are patty. also Fleischkekla. Fleischkekla. So eastern part of North Dakota is very Norwegian. Western part of North Dakota is uh, more German, more diverse. And Fleischkekla is something that you will actually see on a lot of diner menus across the state, and it's actually pretty good. Sorry. So now, so we got. So you have the always is the ne- is the nifla. The sometimes is going to be the what, and then the never is is what. I know that you like them all. You got you got to categorize them. Uh, of those three. Yeah. Always. Sometimes, sometimes I would eat all three. No, but you have to pick you one. Got, you that. got, you got to. Uh, then I would probably go never with goulash, okay. just because, like I said, it's touch and go. It's okay. <laughs> cooking. It depends on how you generally cook it. If, you, if you're bad at cooking other things, you're going to be bad at cooking goulash. Got okay. it. But fleischkekla is is yeah. all right. Got also, I, this isn't political, but the best protest sign I've ever seen is when uh, President Trump was in North Dakota. A protester, like a block and a half away, because we even protest politely in North Dakota, <laughs> had a sign that. Said Trump hates Nefla. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like that's like how could he? That I see. I like it. I like it. All right. Um, all right. So I'm gonna get into some some headlines real quick. All right. Sure. All right. So the uh, guy came back from a vacation. All right. He comes home. He's been gone for a while. His house has been broken into. The only way he knows his house has been broken into is because the va- the floors are vacuumed. Uh, his house has been cleaned up. Uh, his dishes have been cleaned. His beds are made. And he's like, it's real weird, but. Nothing was taken, so I guess I'm fine? So I want to think about another crime that might be like a benefit to somebody. What's something that maybe you could think of, like, man, I wish someone would do this to me. It would be, it'd be such a, a, a favor. Well, one of the old jokes is, right, uh, I had somebody steal my credit card, but I told them to keep it because they were spending less than my wife was. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that. That's, that's Well, what about you? I think for me, I would love it if someone like... I get in my car and my oil change has been done and like the mm. car has been detailed. Like I think that'd be pretty nice. Clean the car. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They like they took it for a spin, but they brought it back full tank, oil change. I think it'd be nice. 
if someone uh, stole my identity and, and, and uh, uploaded and scanned all my expense receipts. Oh, that would be so I nice. Thank that criminal. I would say <laughs> thank you very much. We actually had somebody who got, we talked about winners before, that got stuck and ended up staying in our cabin uh, north of Medora when I was a kid, and they left 50 bucks on the table because they uh, stayed there and drank some coffee and took some of the frozen food. So I thought that was pretty nice. That is that, nice. That's that. So you come back to your cabin, there's 50 bucks on the table, some And a missing. note saying, we got we got stranded, we stayed here overnight, we're really sorry, with their name and number. That's like the most <laughs> polite thing I've ever heard. I like That's that. North Dakota home invasion. I love that, I love that. Okay, <laughs> last, well, last one for me. Um, so some scientists um, have been making cheese, um, and they've been uh, exposing the cheese to different types of music. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One of which was Tribe Called Quest song, We Got It From Here. Okay, here's what's interesting. The cheeses had different flavor profiles. In fact, some of the scientists said, or the, uh, the tasters said, the differences were very clear, and in terms of texture, taste, and appearance, they were very different. The strongest of these, in terms of smell and taste, was hip-hop. Apparently the hip-hop uh, cheese is the best cheese. <laughs> so I want to know, <laughs> what are some other music genres you think we should experiment with cheese that you think might really help? Help things, What's, or a song maybe that you love that maybe yeah. would really help. Outlaw country, real country. Um, I think it would taste like it sounds, which is fantastic, old-fashioned, and still pretty kick-ass. Some old country <laughs> yes. music. I love I it. Love, I, I love, love Tyler Childers, Stu- Sturgill Simpson. Some kick-ass cheese. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's uh, very interesting. Uh, is that you're serious? Scientists are exposing. Yes. Oh my gosh! I actually have two questions if, left of you. If they got a federal grant. For yeah, that, I've got. Know. Yeah, go go. You, you want to keep going? Or you, you go for one more. Go right. for one more. All right. So apparently, you guys race lawnmowers in North Dakota. Can get a DUI on a lawnmower. Yeah, apparently they got lawnmowers that go sixty miles an hour. Whoa! Yeah. Uh, okay. What's another household object we need to be souping up and racing against people? What, what's what's mm-hmm. one we need to? Um. I don't know if you can soup it up, but when when we were in college, we took uh, rolling bar chairs and mm-hmm. we sponsored them with whatever other other beer we were drinking. It was a, it was a snow day at school, yeah. So one back of the chair would have a Coors Light label on it, one That's back of the awesome. Bud Light, and it had a big horseshoe bar, and we'd race around the bar. And this all started at like. I think we started our first race at 12.30. That's amazing. By 1.15, they had asked us to leave the bar. So, <laughs> so you're thinking to expand this. This is an opportunity. Yeah, soup it up, man. <laughs> and what you need to do is you need to recruit somebody who's, I mean, got some pretty good upper body strength. Right. looks like they can move a little because you got to maneuver the guy in the chair. Got it. I feel like, you know what I feel like it sounds like? This isn't so much souped up as have a, have, have a really athletic friend. It feels like it feels like curling but racing in some ways. Like you're pushing this thing as a team. I joined you're, a curling league in college because they had 50 really? cents. Bush lights and a vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right, go ahead, man. All right. So um, I'm I'm really into this idea of like mantras and, and quotes to live by. So I'm put you on the hot seat right now. If you could put one quote on a billboard in Times Square for the world to see, what would it say? <laughs> That's a tough one. Roll with the punches. All right. All right. Okay. Excellent. Uh, and what is uh, and that's that. That would, that's your quote. I like that. So, what is one of your favorite quotes or mantras from another person, or that's been told to you, you that you live by, or that you think is is uh, something that's helped you? And who is it attributed to, and why is it important? Um, well, I've got a famous one, which is Teddy Roosevelt's "Man in the Arena." Uh, I was a criminal defense attorney for ten years. Uh, it definitely is a quote that I, I mean. 
when you're in a, when you live in a small town in a small state and you do the kind of work I did, and that's before I got into politics, you're always going to have critics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a fantastic quote. Uh, probably my favorite quote I ever got was from my best friend and business partner's father, who was also a criminal defense attorney. And he looked at me and he said, Kelly, at the end of a lot of your trials, somebody's going to go to jail. Make sure it's not you. Mm. <laughs> I like that. I like that. One lightning round? Uh, I, got, I got one more and then we'll do the lightning round. Hit it. Um, so... I think uh, as a uh, as a as a digital generation, um, we see lots of people who uh, in, engage in a topic and then they learn about that topic and they end up changing their opinion or changing their mind. Really? <laughs> I feel like that's not accurate at all. <laughs> so um, I'm curious, what have you changed your mind on in the last few years, and why? Like, what's something that, that maybe you thought, and then uh, you learn a little bit more about it, and you, you change your view on why? Oh, lots of different things. Um, it's, when, you, when you do what we do every day, you, if you walk in before you're educated about it and don't, aren't willing to keep an open mind, you're not going to be very good at this job. I was in the state, I was in the state Senate before, too. Um, so I think one of the things I've changed my mind the most on is... Uh, value-added egg <laughs> that sounds really silly but until you really learn the economics of the agriculture industry and the different factors that go into it uh, when you're talking about um, incentives or subsidies or whatever whether it's ethanol biodiesel those types of things uh, we are we're food and energy secure in this country and we should continue to be food and energy secure and a big reason a big way to stay food and energy secure is to make sure we still have a bunch of family farmers not just in North Dakota but all over the country and we we develop policies so you people on the East Coast never have to spend seven dollars on a loaf of bread and that's good policy but at the same time that that manipulates the free market when you're growing it at home in North Dakota. So I've changed my mind on a lot of bigger ag policy issues. Interesting. Because you learn more about it. I love that. All right. Well, yeah. All right. So now we're ready for the uh, rapid fire. All right. So these questions, you're going to just answer them as fast as you possibly can. Sure. So we got got five. All right. What did you want to be when you grew up? Fireman. Fireman. What animal do you most identify with? Honey badger. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. If you uh, had to pick a flower that best characterized you as a person, what would it be? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Canola flower because it looks cool. In oh, canola flower. Okay. What nickname do does your uh, close friends or your mother or your colleagues call you that no one else may know about? Army. Army. They call you Army. Ar- oh, yeah, to explain that. <laughs> my last name's Armstrong. <laughs> that, oh, that, my that, uncle's that. nickname was Army, so I never had it, but in college, <laughs> nobody knew my uncle, so a lot of my friends called me Army. I love yeah. it. All right, now, if you were going to. My wife calls me Princess. <laughs> okay, so there's a wrestling. <laughs> we're going to stick with Robin Hood. <laughs> okay, if there's a wrestling match between the following two comic book characters, oh, boy. who wins? Ready? Go. Uh, uh, Flash and um, Batman. A wrestling match? Yeah. Flash. Batman has no skills other than he's rich. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think he's right. I mean, if you're faster than light, it's pretty hard to wrestle. I guess that. <laughs> fair enough. You have completed the uh, the uh, the rapid fire round. So now we'd like to take you know the uh, the remaining time. We got about five minutes or so. Um, 
And no, no, we have like a minute. Because <laughs> <right, laughs> <minute. Yeah. laughs> I'm not going to burn five Yeah, hours. you have a minute. Whatever you want uninterrupted, the platform's yours. Go yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about something you're, you know, you're passionate about or whatever you want to talk about. The floor's yours. Uh, I think the thing I'm most passionate about, I love the outdoors, obviously, but I think the most I'm passionate about, the first time I ever came to D.C. was in close-up when I was in high school. Uh, you mentioned earlier I'm in the American Legion Baseball Hall of Fame, North Dakota, but it's as a coach and a fundraiser. Uh, my favorite thing in the world to do is to coach and or talk to kids from 8 until 21. Um, I think they have, every time I have a bad day in D.C., I always check my calendar to find out when I have a group of high school or college kids from North Dakota coming out here because they uh, make make me feel um better about the job we're doing and things like that. And then I think the other answer that I would tell everybody from the get off my lawn crowd is kids haven't changed. We've changed. Uh, kids are the same as they were 50 years ago. How we develop, how we parent, how we do things is not, I mean, we've done a lot of great things and we've evolved a lot. Um, I think one thing is this generation's parent dads are way more actively involved in their life uh, than they, I, I mean, and do more things. That's cool. But I think kids are tougher and smarter than we give them credit for, and it's our job to make sure that they figure out how to navigate this crazy world. Mm. So that's my favorite part of the job. Favorite part of this job is absolutely talking to high school and college kids, and mostly because they really give me hope. Um, we're, we're in a pretty cynical town, and we're in a pretty cynical profession, and the more time you can spend with young adults, the better off you're going to be for it. I like that's that. Awesome. I like that, right. yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the time. Perfect. Thanks for listening to Coffee with Congress. That was an awesome time getting to know Congressman Armstrong and learning a little bit more about bees, where they vacation, and about why North Dakotans love storms. Subscribe to our podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, We are everywhere. Leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Remember, the Veterans Education Project is always breaching possibilities.